Oral questions by members? Leader of the Official Opposition. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker, life has never been more expensive than under this NDP Premier. While the NDP runs record-setting inflationary deficits, family budgets are tighter than ever. People are stretched thin, juggling record-high housing, food and fuel costs, and they deserve a break. Yet, instead of providing relief, this Premier is on track to balloon the carbon tax from $30 a tonne in 2017 when they formed government to a crippling $170 a tonne by the end of this decade. So my question to the Premier is straightforward. Will the Premier confirm his plans to hike the carbon tax to $170 a tonne as laid out in his own budget? Premier. Thank you. Uh, I want to thank the uh, member from uh, Nelson Creston uh, for a two-minute statement for help with our Halloween costume uh, this year. And I have to admit, I was puzzled. You know, what is the leader of the opposition dressed as this year? And it turns out he's dressed as a weather vane, Honourable Speaker. Member. Now, member. Now, no. Mem members. Now. Every member must refrain from name-calling, please. It, it's hard to imagine that the same member who rolled out his announcement this morning, rolling back the carbon tax, is the same person that said, quote, I am actually very proud of the leadership role we've taken in the carbon tax. I think that if you accept that climate change is an issue... I think if you accept that climate change is an issue, then pricing carbon is absolutely the right way to deal with it. Honourable Speaker, obviously the member is abandoning that position. I look forward to all the details of his position. And the, the member is well aware of the fact that pricing carbon is the right way to deal with climate change. He's just lost the courage of his convictions. Leader of the Official Opposition, Supplemental. Well, let's be uh, really clear about something here, Mr. Speaker. It's this Premier who has flip-flopped on his promise of affordability. And, and I would remind the Premier that it was his NDP that campaigned against the carbon tax when it was introduced at $10 a tonne. And then Mr. Premier did a double backflip to actually now say they want to increase it to $170 a tonne, Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker, the fact of the matter is, in 2012, while I was finance minister, I froze the carbon tax at $30 a tonne, and subsequent BC Liberal governments maintained that freeze until 2017, when the NDP formed government. And what has happened since then? Well, they've more than doubled the carbon tax, Mr. Speaker. And the Premier's own budget documents show that he plans to triple the carbon tax on home heating, costing homeowners nearly $900 a year. So my question to the Premier, after already dramatically jacking up this tax, will the Premier confirm his next move is to more than triple the carbon tax on home heating? Mr. Premier. Remember how quickly he forgets 
when he was finance minister. When they sat on this side of the house, a family that earned $100,000 used to pay $7,473 in taxes. They now pay $4,948. That's a 34% increase. Families, families that earn $80,000 a year, a 56% net reduction. The member called removing the tolls a profound public policy mistake. Honourable Speaker, if he gets back on this side of the House, you know what he's going to do? He's going to reverse what he called a mistake. He's going to put the tolls back on the bridge. It'll be the same guy that increased members, the MSP on families. Members, members, members. Members, members, please calm down. And, Maybe, maybe he'll reverse himself on that too, Honourable Speaker. Mm -hmm. but, but what I can't tell is what this member stands for anymore. He said he supported the Surrey Police transition. Conservatives said they were against it. He reversed his position. He said he, he voted for the short-term rental legislation. Conservatives said they were against it. Then he voted against it too, Honourable Speaker. He said he supported harm reduction. Members. The Conservatives said they were against it. He reversed himself again. One day, as caucus says, members, please. One day, as caucus says, he supports harm reduction. The next day, they say he doesn't. He spent 15 years saying he was proud of the carbon tax, and today, honourable speaker, he's not. Leader of the official opposition, second supplemental. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Well, Mr. Speaker, I'll tell you what leadership looks like. It looks. Oh, this is the best part. It's the best part. Members. You haven't heard the best part yet. Members. Hold your applause for just a few seconds longer. Members. Let's, let's. Member, let's hear the question, please. Tell you what leadership looks like, Mr. Speaker. It looks like the Premier of Saskatchewan who's fighting for affordability, a Premier who is standing for working people, no carbon tax on home heating. That's real leadership, Mr. Speaker. British Columbians cannot afford to pay even more in the midst of a cost of living crisis. And rather than Rather than adopting sensible, pragmatic solutions, this Premier doubles down on yearly hikes that will hammer the final nails in the coffins of affordability here in British Columbia. So my question to the Premier is a straightforward one. Why won't this Premier give British Columbians a break from his punishing carbon tax grab? Premier. Well, thank you, uh, Honourable Speaker. I guess the theme of the past couple weeks has been Liberal leaders facing difficult poll results flip-flopping on the carbon tax. Members, members, I understand the members under a lot of pressure from the Conservative Party. You think that's funny? But standing up after the summer we had, for British Columbia to be a leader on climate change is an important thing. And, and, and his, his abandonment of that under pressure is exactly what's going to happen if he gets on this side of the House. He will go after British Columbians again for every little MSP fee, every little toll, so he can give tax cuts to the big corporations and the wealthy 2% who don't need the help. 
You know how I know, Honorable Speaker? Because he's done it before. And now he has the nerve to stand up on that side of the house and say he's on the side of families when we're the side that cut taxes for families by up to 50%, Honorable Speaker? Province need principal leadership. Members. The province needs principal leadership. Members. It's hard to stand strong, Honourable Speaker. It's hard to stand strong. But I encourage the members to visit with the member that used to sit here in 2012, because at least he knew what he stood for. I have no idea what that man stands for. Opposition House Leader. Yeah, well, Mr. Speaker, uh, other premiers are standing up and they're fighting for their citizens. Yeah. It takes Saskatchewan, Alberta, Ontario. Here in British Columbia, we have a premier who sticks his head in the sand and isn't standing up and doing anything to drive affordability for British Columbia. That's the issue. And let's make no mistake about it this is a co provincial carbon tax that this premier controls, period. And in BC, middle class families pay the most in net carbon tax anywhere in the country. But it gets worse, Mr. Speaker. Government documents confirm the NDP's Clean BC plan will actually shrink the provincial economy by $28 billion, also shrinking family paychecks to the tune of $11,000 per household per year, a cost which this Premier and this government have not shared with British Columbians. What people want is a Premier who stands up and fights for them instead of this Premier who refuses to do so. The Premier could start today by removing the NDP's carbon tax on home heating, plain and simple. Will the Premier do that today? Minister of Energy, Mines and Low Carbon Thank you, Honourable Speaker. Well, you know, for 15 years, the BC United has enthusiastically supported the carbon tax. In fact, we've heard the Leader of the Opposition has called it his proudest moment yet. So now he wants to question this. He wants to abandon the principles. He wants to question whether the climate crisis is costing people and businesses. Instead of helping people do the right thing to fight climate change, to make it more affordable to do so, he wants to walk back on climate action. So, Mr. Speaker, what are they going to cut? Are they going to cut the $900 that families are receiving each year through the Climate Action Tax Credit? Are they going to cut the millions of dollars of carbon tax that are invested back into industry to reduce emissions and increase competitiveness? Members. Mr. Speaker, are, are they going to cut the rebates for heat pumps, for electric vehicles, for better doors and windows, for better insulation, for people to make it more affordable to fight the devastating impacts of climate change? Mr. Speaker, our government is going to continue to make progress on our climate targets while reducing costs for people. That's what British Columbians expect of this government, and that's exactly what we're going to do. Opposition House Leader Supplemental. Uh, Mr. Speaker, the, the saddest part of all of this is that BC used to be a climate leader. This government has actually relinquished British Columbia's leadership role on the world stage. When you look at the results, and the results are really what matter, emissions are going up, and British Columbia is now the least affordable jurisdiction in all of Canada. Terrible results. But again, this is uh, a, a reality. The NDP's Clean BC plan has become the Kill BC plan, plain and simple. 
It's going to kill jobs, it's going to kill paychecks, and it's going to kill any hope of affordability in this province for an entire generation. The government's own numbers, the government's own numbers, these are the, the government's documents, the government's numbers admit that their policies are going to shrink the economy by $28 billion and set real family incomes back a decade to the tune of $11,000 per family per year. That said, there's an opportunity today to provide relief on home heating and to put BC on a level playing field with the rest of Canada. So again, to the Premier, very simple question. Will the Premier stand up, show one iota of leadership and remove the provincial carbon tax on home heating? Minister of Environment and Climate Change Strategy. Thank you very much, Honourable Speaker. Um, people who know me know that I do my best to stay fit, but even I know that doing repeated backflips is just dangerous for your health. <laughs> Honourable Speaker, Honourable Speaker, Honourable Speaker. Okay. Members, members. Let's continue with the question period. All right. Minister, Minister has the floor. Well, I'm, I'm glad uh, I'm providing some entertainment for the opposition, but their claims that the Business Council has a credible analysis of Clean BC is neither correct nor funny. So, the opposition House Leader has raised this twice now as a bit of a throwaway in question. Let me just say that credible economists, as recently as Monday, in business in Vancouver, have pointed out the flaws in BCBC's analysis. They took numbers from documents on a government members, website members. completely out of context. The context is the context is Member. I'd be happy to explain it to the opposition if they care to listen. Members, members in the opposition, you're wasting your own time. You're losing your own time. Minister will continue. The comparison in the Clean BC documents were of the Clean BC plan against no climate plan whatsoever, which is what existed in 2017 prior to a change in government. If this House is serious about climate action, this House and the Opposition need to realize that not only do we need to lower emissions, not only do we need a climate plan, we cannot afford to miss the economic opportunities in clean energy, in clean technology, none of which was factored into the statistics that BCBC offered British Columbians. It's misleading, it's wrong, and it's not helpful. Leader of the third party. Thank you, Honourable Speaker. If this House was serious about climate action, we, this government would take the $30 a tonne cap on the climate pricing off of the biggest polluter in this province, which is LNG Canada, and return that money to people who need to make it. The other thing this House has not been serious, or this government has not been serious about, is species at risk. 
The spotted owl is a symbol of BC's failure to protect at-risk wildlife. Only one wild-born spotted owl remains in a forest in BC, the only place in Canada where this species has ever been found. The federal government was prepared to issue a rare emergency order under Canada's Species at Risk Act to protect the spotted owl's critical habitat in a cruel twist. It turns out that the Minister of Water, Land and Resource Stewardship and his staff lobbied intently to dissuade the federal cabinet from issuing a spotted owl emergency order. A BC cabinet minister briefing document obtained under Freedom of Information states that the emergency order would have, quote, significant impacts on forest sector jobs and provincial revenue, and Ottawa should back away from issuing the order even when a species is at risk of extirpation. My question through you, Honourable Speaker, is to the Minister of Waterland Resource Stewardship. How is arguing against protecting habitat for the last spotted owl considered stewardship? Minister of Waterland and Resource Stewardship. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Speaker, and I thank my colleague for her question. Uh, promoting the recovery and reintroduction of northern spotted owls into British Columbia is a key priority for our government, and that's why we took three key important steps. First, in partnership with First Nations and the federal government, we established the world's first ever captive breeding program for spotted owl. Currently, there are 31 owls that exist at the breeding center. Second, we protected more than 280,000 hectares of critical habitat, old growth habitat, that we agreed upon with the federal government and First Nations was necessary for at least 150 breeding pairs of spotted owl. So we note that the limitations right now on the reintroduction of spotted owl is not habitat, given the vast size. That is close to 700 Stanley Parks of old growth forest. Lastly, is the reintroduction of those spotted owls. We had an introduction just last year, and we have, with great humility and determination, introduced more spotted owls. We need the humility to understand that this is the first time this has ever been done in the world. We need the determination to keep doing it with our partners to make sure that owls are reintroduced successfully and breed in the wild on their own with the necessary habitat protection which we've set aside. Thank you. Leader of the third party supplemental. Thank you, Honourable Speaker. Let's be clear that, that what this province considers to be spotted owl habitat are areas that have been logged, that continue to be logged, and areas that are used for target practice, which I do not think uh, contributes to the success of spotted owl reintroduction of the three owls that were introduced by this captive breeding program. Two of them died, and a third was found injured and had to return home. This government continues to approve logging in old growth habitat that spotted owl would need to survive. It's evident that the status quo approach is not working. This government promised to bring in endangered species legislation they failed to deliver while they hum and haw. The list of at-risk species in the province grows and iconic species blink out. My question, Honourable Speaker, is to the Minister of Water, Land, Resource Stewardship. Will the Minister ensure that we see species at risk legislation before the next election? Minister of Water, Land and Resource Stewardship. Thank you very much, Mr. Speaker. Let me start with the end of my friend's question, and she would look forward, as we all have, as we've been building the biodiversity and ecosystem health framework with partners, particularly First Nations partners, who have been working with us every step of the way to introduce a framework as the first phase. And we expect that 
uh, quite soon. And this will be an important structure for us, Mr. Speaker, in dealing with the serious question of species at risk and, of course, the habitat that needs to be protected in order to allow those species to thrive once again in British Columbia. I would say, however, that I contend greatly with the 280,000 hectares of old growth habitat that have been set aside. This was agreed to jointly between ourselves, Canada, and First Nations as the critical habitat that would allow, as I said, 150 breeding pairs to exist. I have faith in our partnerships with the Spuzzin First Nations and Canada in the determination of that old growth habitat not described as the member did. I think that is incorrect. I think it is important to remain determined, to remain hopeful and focused on the habitat required to allow these species to be reintroduced successfully so that we can all celebrate their critical return to our province. Thank you. House Leader of the Fourth Party. Thank you very much, Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker, the Conservative Party of British Columbia has been straight up with British Columbians about where we stand on the carbon tax. When we form government, we're going to axe the carbon tax to make life more affordable for everyday British Columbians. On the other hand, on the other hand, the BC United Liberals have taken a different approach. They continue to flip-flop themselves into obscurity on this and other issues. Yesterday, they're supporting it. Today, they're cancelling it. Tomorrow, well, I guess they'll wait for a poll or see what we, the Conservative Party, will do. Mr. Speaker, at least this NDP government is clear with voters. They're clear with voters. They want the average British Columbian to suffer, to pay more, and to go without. Mr. Speaker, this NDP government refuses to stand up for everyday hardworking British Columbians, like blue-collar workers who can't afford the NDP carbon tax, healthcare heroes who've chosen not to take a shot, and homeowners who are watching this government rip away their property rights. Mr. Speaker, I got all day. Mr. Speaker, question to this NDP Premier. When he found out that Ottawa was forcing this unfair double standard on British Columbians, why did he choose to cower instead of pushing back? Why is it that under this NDP government, British Columbians always pay more to get less while Eastern Canadians are getting a badly needed break? Thank you, Honourable Speaker. Thank you to the member opposite for the question. Let's, let's just go back to yesterday for one brief moment because I want to acknowledge again his acknowledgement that climate change is real. Mm. But I, I do want to note that he did stop short of acknowledging the overwhelming scientific consensus that climate change is caused by human activity, mm. like carbon emissions. So the leader of the Conservatives, as we know, was ejected from the BC United Caucus for suggesting that carbon emissions were not the cause of climate change. So today, Mr. Speaker, mm. I want to give the member an opportunity to state not only that climate change is happening, but that it is caused by human activity. Mm. Thank you.
Mr. Speaker, I want to thank the minister for deflecting the question. You know, it takes courage to stand for something and to lead. Something the, something the leader of the BC United Liberals is sorely lacking, I will add. Mr. Speaker, this NDP Premier has no problem bullying the little guy who can't fight back. Health care workers, police officers, homeowners and even municipal voters and governments. Mr. Speaker, this NDP Premier refuses to stand up to the bigger guy. He only wants to punch down. It's no wonder British Columbians are yet again getting the short end of the stick from Ottawa and this government. Mr. Speaker, my question to the NDP Premier why won't this Premier stand up to Justin Trudeau on the carbon tax? Why won't he fight and demand equality and deliver it to British Columbians who are desperately needing a break? Minister. Uh, th thank you. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Uh, thank you to the member for the question. Uh, Mr. Speaker, I noticed that he declined to answer my question, but we'll, we'll let that go for now. And again, I just want to remind him that the carbon tax is something that has been shown by experts around the world as one of the most efficient and effective means of reducing emissions. So, Mr. Speaker, we're going to continue this work here in British Columbia, but we're going to do it with a people focus. And that means supporting people in the choices to make that switch from fossil fuel emissions into low emission technologies by supporting them in their pocketbook. Mr. Speaker, we're going to continue to provide rebates for electric vehicles, for heat pumps, for doors, for windows, for insulation, for the things that make the cost of energy, their home heating bills, more affordable. But, Mr. Speaker, we're not going to let it go that the federal government's made a decision about Atlantic Canada. Mr. Speaker, we're going to continue to push hard on the federal government to do what's right for all Canadians, and that is to help us make it more affordable for British Columbians to make the choices we know they want to make. We're not going to stop this work no matter what the member opposite has to say. Thank you. Member for Skeena. Mr. Speaker, everybody on this side of the House, including past members of the BC United Party, supported the carbon tax in 2008. Previous members that are now part of the, the fourth party voted seven times in favour of the carbon tax. And I can see why. It was never meant to be a tax grab, like what it is under the NDP government right now. And in 2008 to 2017, it produced results. Emissions went down in BC. Emissions are going up under the NDP. And newsflash, it's going to go even higher. Because natural gas is going to burn natural gas to produce electricity. It's going to go higher. Admit it. In the meantime, British Columbians are suffering through the worst affordability crisis in BC's history. On the weekend, seven cold weather records, records were shattered. And what's the Premier's response? More carbon tax, making it too expensive for people to heat their homes. A new report shows heating bills are gutting family budgets, forcing one in seven households to make the cruel choice between warmth and necessities like food and medicine. Will the Premier finally admit the brutal choices that the NDP has chosen are forcing families to suffer even more, or will he continue to leave them out in the cold to pad his budget with billions more in carbon tax revenue?
Minister of Energy and Mines. Thank you, Honourable Speaker. There's one thing that the opposition has right. People and families are feeling the sting of high inflation, and people need support. But how you do it and who you do it for matters. So let's remember, this is the government. It's this government. We reverse the opposition's tax breaks for those at the top and use that money to reduce the cost for people. When he was on this side of the House, Mr. Speaker, the Leader of the Opposition hiked ICBC rates by 11 per cent, but under our government, drivers have received an average of $420 of rebates and a savings of $500 a year on their rates when the Opposition was on this side of the House. Not only did they keep MSP premiums, but they raised them 10 per cent, forcing people who pay $50,000 to pay the same as people making $500,000. That's unfair, and we ended it. So, Mr. Speaker, unlike the opposition who raises fees on people, we will continue to find ways to support people, to help them with the costs, because we know that's how we build a strong province for everybody. Member for Skinner Supplemental. Mr. Speaker, uh, since 2017, taxes have been risen for British Columbians by $20 billion. You're making life tougher with your increased taxes. And now you purport to make it easier by giving some back, a little bit. But let's talk about making life easier in terms of uh, the 2% the of the friends of this House. LNG Canada was given the largest PST tax break in BC history. All we're asking is to give citizens of BC the same break. They were given a break on the carbon tax at 30 bucks a ton, which is something at this side of the House when we were in government froze it at because we realized it meant something good for the people of British Columbia. What do we see with this NDP government? Let's crank it up. In the affordability crisis, let's make it worse for British Columbians. Except for the big, Except for big corporations. Talk about being Halloween. Jeez. British Columbians are drowning in taxes from this NDP government. And while people in other provinces catch a break, this Premier only piles on more taxes. The Premier's budget reveals a plan to ratchet up the carbon tax year after year, tripling the carbon tax. Don't be fooled. The NDP have a plan to gut family incomes by a staggering $11,000 annually. Why is the Premier making life increasingly unaffordable for British Columbians through his relentless carbon tax hikes? Minister of Housing. Thank you so much, Honourable Speaker. And uh, my colleagues have already uh, shared some of the initiatives that we're doing to ensure that people have more money in their pockets during these really challenging times. But, Honourable Speaker, what we've heard not only today but throughout this session is this consistent flip-flopping from the Leader of the Opposition. When it comes to story police transition, saying something in the South Asian media and then coming here and doing something different. Short-term legislation, short-term legislation, Mr. Speaker, voting in favour of it and then the Conservatives vote against it and then flip-flopping. When it Members. comes to harm reduction, 
members, 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 please. Honourable Speaker, when it comes to harm reduction, we saw the same thing. When it comes to same, safe consumption sites, we saw them flip-flopping after the Conservatives did something else. Honourable Speaker, I want to remind uh, the Leader of the Opposition of when he, you know, he had very principled positions when it came to carbon tax. In 2012, this is what he had to say. I think cancelling the carbon tax, my personal opinion, is that it would be a terrible mistake. I think that people believe that climate change is an issue and that warming of the planet is an issue. And the only sensible way to deal with that, I believe, is carbon pricing. That's the only way you're going to change behavior. Members, Speaker, members, more. members, On it's voice okay. Of BC, members, it's okay to let the minister answer. Honourable Speaker, okay. on Voice of BC, please. Honourable Speaker, on Voice of BC, he said, I really believe that if you're genuinely concerned about climate change and you genuinely want to do something about it, pricing carbon is absolutely the right thing to do. He didn't end there. He went on with another reporter saying, we knew it wasn't going to be particularly popular, but I, well, I think in politics, at some point, you have to decide whether you're going to try to do the right thing or the easy thing, Honourable Speaker. So, Honourable Speaker, I don't know what the BC United Party leader believes anymore, but I know one thing, he'll do anything to get elected. The bell ends the question period.